Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with Russell Hargreaves. is in here. Beautiful goal. Walcott! What a goal! It's been flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal. Hello and welcome to the first Arsenal weekly podcast of the new season. I'm Russell Hargreaves. Loads to come over the course of the next few minutes on the show, including hearing from Jack Wilshire. We'll also catch up with the right back from the Invincibles, Lauren, and also the debut of the Chalkboard, our new feature with the one and only Adrian Clark back for another season, fear not. But we kick off with Dan and Nick and the new Weekend Review. When the match is over, they're still talking. Dan, oh, can I ring you after? <laughs> Depends how respectful you are. Sorry, Chiggers. I mean, Dan. That's it. I'm in the phone. It's the Weekend Review with Dan Roebuck and Nick Brumsack. Guys, you have finally made it. There you go, your own intro to the podcast. Nick, how do you feel? Absolutely amazing. What a jingle. I haven't heard a better one. Dan, <laughs> you have arrived. Are you a proud man? I am a proud man. I never thought the day would come when I have my own jingle. Um, <laughs> It's a shame I've got to share it with Nick. But We've made know. it, Dan. What are you talking about? We've made it at last. <laughs> you and me. OK, so well done. This time next year, we will be champions. <laughs> we will start, Nick, with you if we can. You've been on the US tour, so you've seen the games against the MLS All-Stars, Chivas to Guadalajara. What did you make of what you saw and Arsenal moving forward into this campaign? I think it was generally encouraging. I'm never too sure how much you can take from from pre-season, really. But I think we saw quite a, a lot of good performances from a few younger players, really. Chubarakpon was one that stood out for me. He scored four goals, I think it was, in pre-season altogether, scored in both games out there in the States. And it was nice to see Rob Holding make his debut out there as well. Uh, I thought he gave two composed performances. He looked good, generally. I think there's still a mistake in there, but that's normal. He's still a young player, and I'm sure we'll iron that out of him in time. And yeah, he was encouraging. It was good to see Granite Jacker make his debut. I think he's exactly what Arsenal need. He's an Arsenal player. You can see it from the way he distributes the ball, but also the way that he screens the defence. So, in general, it, it was a good tour. Um, really good atmosphere at the games. Um, LA was very hospitable, as was San Jose, and uh, we came out of it with two wins, so it was job done, really. Good stuff. And then, obviously, from there, Dan Arsenal moved on to the Scandinavian tour. I commentated for Arsenal.com on the game against Viking, which was a little strange in one sense with all the half-time changes from the home team, but you can't really sniff at 8-0 with some youngsters having decent performances. And then kicking on to that important game against Manchester City and Gothenburg to, to round pre-season off, effectively. What have you made of it? 
Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? The two Scandinavian games. I thought the Viking might be a bigger test. You mentioned those changes for Viking. I still thought because they're in the middle of their season, they might be a little bit better. But Arsenal did really well. But obviously, the big game and the one that the supporters, I guess, would look at Arsenal to test themselves in was against Manchester City. And City put out a pretty good side, I thought. I know there were some youngsters very late on, but their starting eleven was pretty good. And the way that they started the game, it looked to me like they meant business. They, of course, have got a, a Champions League qualifier, so they've got critical games early on. We know all about that, of course, over the past decade or so. So we know how important it is to get ready for it. But the way that Arsenal came back, second half as well, and that man, Theo Walcott, I know he's come in for a little bit of stick from one or two supporters and one or two pundits. When he came on, he was brilliant, wasn't he? He set up all of his goals, scored a really good goal himself, and he's put himself bang in the mix once again. He can be frustrating, but we know the quality he's got here. We know how good he can be. And after what he did against Manchester City, you start to think that, you know, I probably had him in my starting eleven against Liverpool. Alexis Sanchez started as the striker, but I thought... I know he's a little bit ring rusty, uh, hit the bar with a free kick, but I thought Walcott was a little more dynamic than Alexis, and it's strange to say that, and I think he's done enough maybe to start against Liverpool, who's got a good record again. So, guys, we move on from there. That's kind of Arsenal's summer on the field, off it. Unfortunately, Gabriel, the latest player to, to pick up a knock in that City game. You talked about Xhaka coming in, Nick, and he's not the only addition, Rob Holding, too. More to come, potentially, as, as we prepare for not just this first Liverpool game, but all the other August games until that window shuts. Yeah, well, all the noise coming out of the club would suggest that they expect at least two players to come in. Arsene Wenger was asked, actually, in, in Los Angeles whether he would bring a centre-half in before the new season, and, and that was just based on Per Mertesacker's injury. So, at that stage, Gabriel was fit and healthy. Wenger's answer was pretty telling. He said, yes, I, I do want someone in before the Liverpool game. I think Gabriel's knock will only have intensified that, so I wouldn't be too surprised at all to see someone come in at the heart of defence before uh, Saturday's game. In terms of strikers, I think we, we all know that it's something that Arsene Wenger's chasing. Um, but I think sometimes you have to wait for the dominoes to fall a little bit. You know, you don't want to force your own hand by going for someone when maybe a couple of weeks further down the line there'll be a better option there. So I wouldn't be too surprised at all to see the wait for the striker go on maybe until the end of the window. The boss has also said that that last week, those last couple, of, couple two or three days, um, is where a lot of business can be done. So hopefully um, we'll see a big name coming in then. We shall wait and see. And, and Dan, as we move toward the Premier League season itself, I'll ask you a slightly broader question now, which is where you see Arsenal's chief threats this Premier League and, and how they will fare when you look at the likes of City, United, Chelsea, these kind of teams really going hard in terms of acquisitions. Yeah, it's interesting when uh, you talk about players coming in and, and you mentioned acquisitions there and players that have arrived in the Premier League. The key thing for me heading into this season is the quality of manager that's in the Premier League now. I know that you know we talk about big signings, the amount of money that you know Manchester United has spent Manchester City as well on certain players but when you look at the managers, this is what makes it an interesting season. Obviously, Guardiola at Manchester City is going to be something interesting. Mourinho at Manchester United, likewise, with the Community Shield yesterday. You've got Conte rocking up at Chelsea Cup's first full season at Liverpool. These are, you know, big managers with big reputations, long, successful CVs. And that's what makes it interesting for me. I think there's eight managerial changes over the course of the summer in the Premier League. And even when you slip further down, the league, there's certainly teams that you know are going to challenge. I mean, who might do a Leicester 
this season, it's, it's impossible to say, and you can't rule anyone out. If this time last year someone said, let's win the title, we all know you'd have been left out of town. Now <laughs> if someone says West Ham might do something special, Stoke might do something, then people are just a little bit more guarded because of what happened. So it's going to be an unbelievable season, tighter than ever. The challenges, obviously, are going to come from the usual suspects. Of those, I think maybe Chelsea are best placed. I think United might take a little bit of time to gel. City with Guardiola. Interesting what Cop was talking about when he first came to Liverpool, suggesting that the English Premier League is a lot different to what he thought he was, even though he's managed teams against in this Premier League side. So it might take a bit of time for City and Guardiola, but he's going to be the usual suspect. And we know that Arsenal are going to be right in the mix. Guys, let's go quick fire. I'm going to ask each of you the following five questions and we'll kind of rattle through them in rapid fashion if we can. Nick, who do you think will have a breakout season for Arsenal in this coming campaign? I would say Chuba Akpom to make an impact from the bench, and I think that will establish him in the first team. OK, what about you, Dan? Um, I'm going to go for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I know he's a bit more... I, I, know, I know it's difficult to say breakout season, but I, don't, I still don't think we've seen the best of it. Oh, come you know, on, that's had, such a safe had, one, Dan. You can't go for Chamberlain. He's <laughs> been here five of, years of, today. Of course, you, of course you can. Of course, you know, look, we know we've not seen the best of him. I'm going to go for Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think Christian Bielik is worth keeping an eye on as well, so we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Nick, which trophy are Arsenal most likely to win? FA Cup. OK. Dan? Premier League. Uh, I'll say League. You don't have to Just pause to when I say Premier League, by the way. <laughs> and, and that was almost a snigger from Mr Brumpack, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, Mesut Ozil, over or under... 10 goals, having never actually scored double digits in a season for Arsenal yet? In all comps? Yes. In all comps, I will go, he'll just about do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over? I, I'd go over for all comps, but under for Premier League. OK, I'll go under, but with a load of assists to, you know, be perfectly acceptable in terms of the great man's campaign again. Now, which youngster, so you can't have Oxlade-Chamberlain for this, even though he's technically still young, it doesn't count, will emerge like Iwobi did during the last campaign? Rob Holding. Mm. OK, Rob Holding. I wonder whether Geoffrey and Adelaide, if he gets his chance, might do it. What do you reckon, Dan? Um... That's a difficult one. Uh, depends on your definition of youngster, I suppose. Oxlade-Chamberlain. No, um, <laughs> <let's>, uh, <laughs> I think Ray and Adelaide could be an interesting one as well. Let's, let's go for the friendship to, to break through and have more of an impact than they did last season. And how far, Nick, will Arsenal get in the Champions League this time around? I think this time around we'll get a little bit further than in previous seasons. I'm going to go for the quarter-finals. Oh, that's what I was going to say as well. Quarters. <laughs> OK, you can't say quarters as well, Dan. I won't say quarters. I'll say we'll go deeper. I'll say last four. I think we'd do, we'd do a better run. Which would be good. So, as I let you boys go, Nick, a feeling of positivity ahead of this season? Yeah, generally. I think um, the way Arsenal ended last season was good. Um, Pre-season results have, have been promising as well, so hopefully we can go into the first game and actually get a good result because I think Arsenal have only won one of their last six on the opening day in the Premier League, which is pretty poor. And even when they've had a good season, as they did last season, as they did in 2013-14, in where they started well, they still lost the opening game. So hopefully we can start well um, and see where we are in September. And Dan, on that note, as I let you go, the Liverpool game, Leicester to come as well. Some huge games early on and, and, and momentum in that campaign is key quickly, isn't it? 
Yeah, they are, definitely. Um, two big games to come up. Obviously, a year ago, we didn't think Leicester away would be. And also, of course, won spectacularly well at King Power last season. But Liverpool at home is going to be big. After those first two games, you've got three on paper. Look very winnable if we can get some momentum going. And I certainly believe we can. I think the key thing as well, I know that fans want more signings. We all like to see new faces and big names and big transfer fees, which seems to be here, as Arsene Wenger points out. But there is a togetherness about the squad and there's a knowledge within that squad about how Arsenal play and why it works so well. So I think we could steal a march, get some momentum. And I'm looking maybe to pick up four wins out of the first five. That would do for me. Dan Roebuck and Nick Robinson, thank you very much indeed for joining us here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Look forward to the season. Thanks for us. Nice to be back. Jack Wilshere will be hoping to re-establish himself in the Arsenal first team following some really frustrating times in recent years. Or well, here he is speaking to Arsenal.com on the recent pre-season tour of the USA. Joining Jack on the flight were two of the club's summer signings, Rob Holding and Granite Jacker. The latter, a player that Wilshere is very familiar with. Yeah, I know him quite well, you know, I've played against him a few times, played against him at, at youth level with England, and then I played against him uh, in the first team of England. So I know him quite well, you know, I've always thought he was a, a good player. You know, he's strong, he's got a good left foot, you know, he's, he's a leader, he can, he can hold the, the midfield together and, and get things going from, from back to the front, so he's a, a good signing. He has only been here a week, actually, so, you know, he was, he was at Colney for three days and then, and then we travelled to, to the States, so, you know, it's been been difficult for him as you know he's not had as much time around in London and getting used to the place. But he's settled in well. He's a nice lad, and and he'll he'll be good for us next season. While Jacker is a player of international pedigree, young centre back Rob Holding still has some way to go in his development. But Wilshire has been impressed with what he's seen so far. Well, if he needs me to, I will. But he seems that he doesn't need me to. You know, he's he's he came in. For a week now, and he's, you know, he's he's fitted in well. He's he looks comfortable on, on the pitch. You know, doesn't look out of his comfort zone. He's he's a player who can who can play and also put his foot in. So, you know, he's only young as well. So hopefully, you know, we can use him now and on for the future as well. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George who can hit him? It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! It was way back on the 9th of August, 1960. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. ...that the great Charlie George made his Arsenal debut against Everton. Charlie's most famous goal for many was that winner against Liverpool in the 1971 FA Cup final. Graham... Bradford, Charlie George. Bradford. Oh, Charlie George, who can hit him? Oh, a free goal! Charlie George! Oh, what a fabulous goal by George! Charlie George went on to play 179 times for the Gunners and scored 49 goals in the process. After that, he moved to Derby County in 1975. And Charlie also played for Southampton, South Coast rivals Bournemouth, and also for the Minnesota Kicks in the States before he retired from the game in the year 1983. Let's hear from George talking about his glittering Arsenal career. I was brought up on a council estate and I'm proud of where I come from, you know. And uh, I suppose... One of the only things you could do as a youngster when I was growing up was, was play football. Basically, that's all we did. I was very fortunate I had a football. Uh, my, dad, my dad bought me a football at a very early age, so I always had a football. And uh, the older boys would knock on the door and see if I was going out to play football, probably because I never had a ball. Um, but it was handy because I learned to adapt to the situation. I was always playing with lads older than myself. And uh, it, it was hard, but it was great. Uh, you know, we'd play in the street sling a couple of coats down on the floor, play where the cars with the cars would go by and then we'd start again. That's how it was. Ray Clements had a goal kick and within about five seconds, I think the ball's in the back of the net. And for me, anywhere around 20, 30 yards, strikeable for me. As soon as it left my foot, I knew it was a goal. Well, the celebration was immortal, but didn't I kill some time? I was too far ahead of my time. You know, people are going, I must have laid on the floor for a half hour. Must have took the whole of extra time up. To actually play for them, uh, been a player, Play for them, narrow work for them, don't come any better, does it? You know, for me, it's the ultimate of what you want to do. Lauren had the iconic honour of being part of the Invincibles and won five major trophies during his time at Arsenal. At Highbury, between the years 2000 and 2009, the right-back played 241 times for the club and scored nine goals on top of all of that as well. Here he is talking to Carl Finocchiaro of Arsenal.com about his time in Arsenal Colours. Lauren, um, mm. first of all, we're celebrating 20 years with Arsene Wenger at the club this season. What were your first impressions of the boss? My first impression when I was I came and signed, yeah, it was a kind of manager that you know he tried to understand 
young people and to know how how they can cope with the situation, how they are, and, you know, and uh, overall as a manager, it's like uh, the kind of manager that they give you what you need to to spoil, to spoil with your, your potential. I mean, uh, it give you the confidence, uh, it give you the right advice, and it's the kind of man, manager that is taking care about the technical point of view when it's working outside the pitch. And uh, for a youngster, I think it's, uh, you can you can reach to the high level under under Wenger. What did he say to you to make you join Arsenal? Well, he says to me that uh, he was believing on me. Uh, he think that he thought that I could fit on on the right back position uh, because it was his first idea. And uh, you know, um, just keep believing and working hard and and you know do whatever. Uh, the best I can do to be playing in, in a, such a, in a big club and a, uh, such a big team. You scored on debut. Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, always uh, your first game uh, in front of your own fans. I mean, uh, it was great, you know, scoring that goal. I mean, against Liverpool, the relevant of, uh, of that game, you know, uh, one of your rivals. I mean, it's... Uh, I was very lucky because uh, it was the perfect, uh, it was a dream come through. I mean, your first game at home against Liverpool, you score, you win. I mean, it was fantastic. So it was uh, something I always keep it in my memory. You're right. You said it's a dream come true. It's what, you know, that, that moment where you're signing your contract with Arsenal, that's the moment that you want. Can you take me inside the emotion of that moment, scoring on debut in front of your fans, a little bit deeper into the emotion. Yeah, definitely, uh, the emotional point of view. I mean, uh, you know, uh, big team, uh, big game, uh, scoring. I mean, if, uh, it's something that uh, you always dream, but you you never knew that it was going to happen, and and it happened that day, and then you feel the best person, the best player in the world. I mean, it was. Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, I will repeat it again. If it's, I wish to get back on that moment and, and do it again. Uh, unbelievable. Do you think it helped the fans fall in love with you? Definitely. I mean, uh, uh, see a signing, Samuel signing uh, in his first game and uh, scoring that goal. I mean, uh, uh, I think for them, yeah, they expected to see, they wanted to see the new people, the new players, and then that guy scored a goal. And, and suddenly they start to call you Ralph. So, you know. <laughs> so yes, uh, great, great, great moment, yeah. Can you tell me how big the rivalry was between Manchester United and Arsenal in that era? Yeah, I think it, it, this, this game was historic issues. I mean, uh, if you think generation before us, always there was kind of controversy between uh, Arsenal against Manchester United and... Uh, and always when you face such a big big game and uh, such a big club, you always, you know, you try to give your best and try to be the best on the pitch. I mean, play against Manchester The best Manchester United, I think that was the best Manchester United in the history. I mean, to play those type of game and uh, they do it the way we did, I mean, it's, you, you, you could see that uh, that was as well the best Arsenal in history. And, and we prove it and... Uh, Everybody was focused on, on those games, yeah. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark.
Well, time now for a new twist on a tried and trusted and time-honoured feature. Adrian is here every week to look ahead to the weekend, but also to answer the week's burning question. Clarky, happy new season. Yeah, happy new felt? season to you too. Yeah, very exciting. We're full of optimism. Also, we've had a decent pre-season. And about 27 years after I first signed for Arsenal as a 16-year-old schoolboy, I've got my own jingle. Finally, this is, this, this is, you know, it's the, it's the fulfilment of a dream. It should really be the rev, shouldn't it? <laughs> don't say that, we don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, trying this out for the first time, this week's question on the chalkboard. Why have Arsenal struggled on the opening day of the season in recent yeah. years? Well, it's a good question and it's a far-reaching one. I don't think there is actually here one definitive answer. If truth be told, um, Arsenal do have a poor record. Only one winner of their last six on the opening day. And that was with a very late winner against Crystal Palace. Um, what has been the problem? I think it's a number of factors. Maybe the first one is that the opening match of the season is the match that opposition managers have the longest to plan for. Uh, and in, with that in mind, and some of the opponents that Arsenal have faced in recent years, your West Ham's, your Villas, your Palaces, your Sunderland's, they haven't had the distraction of Champions League qualifiers to worry about, which Arsenal have had in the past. Um, they also haven't had as many international players come back late for training. So in effect, they've probably had at least a month, full squad, back together, game plan for Arsenal, away or Arsenal at home. Some of the games have been here at Emirates Stadium. So I think that is a definite factor that, that has worked against Arsenal in recent seasons. People might talk about the tours, you know, the, the, the travelling. A lot of the big guns do do that these days, so it's not just Arsenal. And Arsenal don't go f as far sometimes as some of their rivals. Um, but, but And with the international players being away, I think it's a slight problem. So it, it, it's various factors. If you're looking at tactically, I'm remembering Villa and West Ham, those home defeats, we were chasing in home defeats. I think Arsenal didn't play fast enough. And the issue is, with Arsenal, with their style of play, it's all about cohesion. When Arsenal are on song, they are, they are a joy to watch. Sometimes it just takes that few weeks to get the cohesion flowing. So I think for Arsenal, more than some other teams where organisation and other factors are more important, it sometimes will take Arsenal longer than others to hit top gear because cohesion is the name of Arsene Wenger's game. And unfortunately, because of the circumstances these days, you are going to take a few weeks to get up to speed. There we have it. That is the reason why, or the myriad of reasons why. Clarky, thank you for that. So, let's get our teeth into that opening fixture then. Arsenal up against a Liverpool team who've got Jurgen Klopp in as a permanent manager for a full pre-season and start of a campaign for the mm. first time. Um, again, mixed results in pre-season for them, not always fielding their strongest 11s, mm. but... What do you make of, of Liverpool and, and what Arsenal might need to well, do? Well, dangerous opening day opponents, for sure. Extremely dangerous. Um, they're going to be better this season. I, I have no doubts about that because Jurgen Klopp needed a pre-season with his players. He needed to bring in the right type of players. And I think he's begun to do that. I don't think their spending's over as yet. I think there'll be a few more ins and outs. They're a good side. They really are. They proved that when beating Barcelona 4-0. The blueprint of that was pressing. They got in the faces of the Barcelona players so effectively and they would do the same to Arsenal, a similar style team. So Barcelona, 
They couldn't string three, four, five passes together because of that pressure. The Gunners have got to be ready for it. I'm sure they will be. They'll be well prepped. It's not going to be a surprise, but Liverpool um, will offer... Well, they will, they will make life extremely difficult for Arsenal in this game. And in terms of one or two of the key battle areas, um, mm. where do you feel they might be? Well, I think in terms of us getting at Liverpool, you've got to look at their fullbacks. You have to. Um, at the moment, they don't really fancy Moreno. He's been on the bench. Joe, James Milner has been filling in at left-back. If I'm Theo Walcott or um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, whoever's going to play on that right-hand side, I'm, I'm eyeing that up and I'm thinking, hang on, this, is, this could be my day. And with the way that Liverpool play, where they press high up the pitch, they have to leave a little bit of space in behind. So balls aimed in behind full-backs, between centre-halves and full-backs, for our quicker players to run onto, that is where I can see us um, getting joy. And also in central midfield, where, where I think we are superior to Liverpool. Um, it's... With Liverpool's attack against our defence, that might be the, the, the issue. But it goes then back to your point about sharpness and, and a quick, energetic Arsenal performance. Bright minds, I think, is the key to victory in this game um, because you need to be sharp to deal with that high press, with, the, with people in your faces. If Arsenal's players are on the money, if they're, if they're alert and ready for it, they will pop one-touch passes around the Liverpool players and take out the press. If for some reason, they're, 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 you know, in third gear, just a touch below, they'll get caught out. OK, in a sentence, this bit hasn't changed, you'd be pleased <laughs> to know. How do you beat Liverpool? Well, I think you beat Liverpool by being mentally sharp, by matching them in terms of their effort and aggression early on. And then I do believe that our quality um, will, will come through. We also need to keep tabs on Sadio Mane. He's a player that's hurt Arsenal down the years Ooh. since he's come to English football. Oh, that Southampton uh, game. Very much Oof. so. We need to do a good job on him. It's not just about Nacho Monreal or the left-back. It's about the centre-halves reading his runs down the middle of the pitch. If we're alert to that, I think we've got a good chance of keeping a clean sheet. And if we do that, I think we win the game. Adrian, we're back underway on the podcast. And thank you very much indeed, my friend, for your insight ahead of facing Liverpool. Yep, pleasure. And remember, if you've got a question for Clarkie's chalkboard, hashtag Arsenal Weekly is where it's at on Twitter. So that is full time on the first Arsenal Weekly podcast of the new season. Our thanks to Jack Wilshire, to Lauren, to Nick and Dan, and of course to Adrian Clark as well for their contributions today. Don't forget you can watch the Match Day show on Arsenal.com and on the Arsenal mobile app from 3.30 on Sunday ahead of that massive Liverpool opener. Don't forget to subscribe as well on iTunes and leave us a five-star review in the process, please, so that you'll never miss a new episode. And you can check us out on our SoundCloud page as well. We're back on Monday the 15th of August with another edition of the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And until then, it's bye for now. Then come on, you gunners. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.